Hello and welcome to the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, February 18th, 2024. The title of today's message is Love One Another. Today's message is going to be preached by Brother Tommy Boyd, and he's going to be preaching out of John chapter 15 and Matthew 21. And now, Brother Tommy Boyd on the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast. Be with you here on this Valentine's week. Wednesday's Valentine's Day, but we're going to... We're going to get started early celebrating Valentine's Day. Some of you already got packages uh, this morning. And am I too loud? Am I? I'm making noise up here. Do you hear this noise? must be in my head. Well, it's a, it's a good day. I had three churches invite me to preach this morning, but you are the first one who contacted me, and I like it like this. I, I'm, I'm sad on days when nobody wants me to preach, and I'm happy when I've got a lot of people want me to preach. Violence Times Today brings back a whole lot of memories. I really didn't prepare a message for Violence Times Today, but this message God gave me is going to work right in uh, in line with Valentine's Day. So we're in John chapter 15 this morning. John 15. I remember as a kid going to school and we'd, we'd buy packages of Valentine's cards and we'd just give it out to all the classmates. In those days, it wasn't just one specific person you said, will you be my Valentine? It was for lots of people. Even, even boys would give them out to our friends and we just want to share some love with you and I want you to share your love with me. Valentine's Day is just, it's just not between one and two. Now sometimes uh, you give your sweetheart a Valentine and, and it, it's a difference with that card that you give to her, uh, but you can give the same card to somebody else, but the meaning is different. So I want you to be my Valentine's today. I, I want to experience love with you and to give you some love today. So be my Valentine. Anybody remember cards in school like that when you were little kids? It, it was just a big deal. You'd always sign your name. Most of the time, that's all you wrote on it. Just be my Valentine on the card and then sign your name. Uh, but on those special people, you'd write a little note in there. I don't know if they still do that or not. Do they? Well, I've not been in the classroom in a long time on Valentine's Day uh, to see what's going on. But I know the florist is always busy that day. We're thinking about love today in John chapter 15. Love is one of those uh, most overused and misunderstood words in our vocabulary. We use it to describe how we feel about our family and our, and our mate. We, we bring out pictures. Let me just show you my family. Let me show you who I'm married to. And then we use love to say, talk about our hobbies. I love to fly an airplane. I love to ride a horse. And I love to, and you just go on and on and talk about your hobbies. And then love is used to talk about your favorite foods. You might say, I, I like uh, Mexican food or I like cornbread and beans uh, with a little onion. And you talk about foods that you like. Uh, but we just often say, I love this type food, or I love this te television show. Uh, some of you may say, I love Lucy. You probably grew up watching this television show, I Love Lucy, and laughed every time 
uh, she came on, or I love Carol Burnett, and uh, you just had lots of things that you love. Uh, it, it conveys our fondness, this love does. It conveys our desires or our need for another person. In modern culture, largely defines love in terms of emotions, and we are emotional about some person specific, and, and we say, I love you. And then it conveys uh, feelings of those who love us. Uh, it feels good when somebody loves you. It does not feel good when somebody does not love you. So it's got lots of meanings to it. Scripture defines this concept in terms of actions, sacrificial actions. Jesus said here in uh, John 15 and verse 13, he said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And, of course, Jesus is our best friend. We have friends all over, but Jesus is our best friend. He's the one that you have to give that Valentine's to and write a note in there and says, I love you. He knows everything about us. And he loves us anyway. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing love. We talk about amazing grace. That's amazing love that Jesus would know everything about us and love us anyway. He laid down his life on the cross to pay our sin debt in full. He rose from the dead and he lives forevermore. He spent 40 days with his disciples. He ascended unto the Father and he gave us a promise, I'm coming back. One of these days, I'm coming back, and, and, and to look at our society, I think it's going to be soon. I've been expecting it all of my Christian life, but uh, every time you turn around, uh, we see our culture reminds us that it's going to be soon. The Lord is going to put up with this for so long, and he's, he, he's dealt with us far longer than I expected, but I'm expecting Jesus to come back and rapture this uh, church age. You know, every age comes to a close. The Noah's age came to a close in the Old Testament, and then he started all, all over again. But, but the church age is going to come to a close, and, and then he's going to start all over again uh, in, in a different way. But it's going to be exciting when he comes. But, but we, uh, we talk about this greater love as no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He instructs his disciples um, to love in the same way. He said, I command you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. This is the way God treats us, and the way we treat others demonstrates to the world how much we love each other. The Bible says, that there are uh, four Greek terms for love. The New Testament was written in Greek, and so he gives us four Greek words for love. The, uh, the first is eros, and this is a word for passion. It's a word for, for romance. It is uh, in uh, fatuation. It's a sexual type love. It's a love that you share with your mate. It's something that God has stirred in your heart many years ago when you uh, had somebody to ask you 
to be my wife or to uh, uh, in our day the wife the woman will ask the husband will you be my husband you know we have changed a lot since we were growing up but any any time you needed a date the man had to be the one who asked for the date now in our day a, a woman is is able to ask for a date uh, th- times have changed but but you know he said uh, eros love is this special type love and then he mentions uh, another love, a storage love, refers to affection a mother has for her daughter and a daughter has for her mother. From the time of conception, a mother begins to love this child who's growing inside her. And when this child is born, there's such a, a bond there, a love that uh, carries on for a lifetime. And this child feels the same love for his mother. It's a closeness, a love. Uh, it's a love that just grows stronger the older you get. And sometimes as teenagers, uh, we lose our mind and we get out of fellowship with our mom and dad. But, but God seems to bring us back together. Uh, but it's a, it's a love that is uh, brought into our life by the Holy Spirit of God. A love, a bond kind of love. And then he mentions a phileo type love. It's an intimacy that you have with friends. We have uh, uh, been born into a family, and sometimes we have brothers and sisters, and we develop a friendship-type love with them. We uh, grow up, and we meet other people and, and get involved in hobbies, and, and we develop friendships through our hobbies. And you go to school, and you have classmates that you love, and you give them a Valentine's Day card. And then you uh, uh, grow up and have a family, and, and you meet other mothers and other uh, parents, and you develop relationships with them. Uh, you have uh, activities at school that you meet other parents. It's a friendship type of love. God has given to you friends, and uh, he wants you to love your friends. And then this type of love uh, is the kind of, kind of love Christ had in mind uh, when he commanded his followers to love one another. He, he didn't just say, I, I hope you just get close to somebody and and love this person. Uh, you can if you want to. If you don't want to, that's all right. That's not the kind of love God has for us. He said, I love you with an with a everlasting love, and I want you to learn to love others with the same love. I want you to love with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. I want you to love me. And that's what God is asking from us today. I want you to love me. And when you learn to love me, then you'll learn to love others. Now, if you can't learn to love me, the Spirit of God, the Holy God of the universe, the creator of this world, one who's given you life, if you really can't learn to love me, you're not going to be able to learn to love your husband or your wife or your children or your friends the way that you should. But it's a giving type of love. Christ uh, gave to us a love, and and, uh, it's a sacrificial love that motivates us to deny ourselves in order to love somebody else. And that's the way husbands and and wives are. We deny ourselves for my mate, for my spouse. We sometimes uh, uh, stay up late for our mate or get up early in the morning. We are 
are, are sacrificing ourselves, denying ourselves because I love you. And sometimes we deny ourselves for our children. We work hard to meet needs. We get up early, fix breakfast, lunches for our kids, send them out the door, and, uh, and then wait for them to come home. While we're waiting, we're doing laundry all day. Laundry never ends. Women's work never uh, ends. You ever heard that? Well, we, we give and sacrifice because of love. And so we do the same for our friends. We, we deny ourselves that my friends may have something special, that I might do something for them, say something to them, and share my love with them. So, so it's all about love. Jesus says, I love you and I want you to love me. He said a new commandment. All uh, of our life, we've heard his commandments. Even in the Old Testament days, Leviticus 19, uh, he commanded the Jews to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We are to treat people in the, with the same affection and the same mercy that God has treated us with. He's given us grace. He's given us mercy all of our life. I want you to do the same thing for your friends, for your family, for your neighbors. God has shown us great love. And so Christ instructs his disciples, and he raises the bar on this matter of love. And we're to treat others as God treats us, thinking of their needs and not primarily our own needs. So he wants to, to us to put love in action. When God puts us, uh, brings somebody into our life, he wants us to put love in actions and do something. Well, Jesus told us not only to love our family and friends, to love our enemies. Now, this is difficult. Now, everything God tells us in this Bible is not going to be easy. Uh, there's some things he wants us to do, and some of these things are just difficult to do. You can't hide it. You can't pretend like uh, uh, it doesn't happen. But there are enemies that we have that do not love us. I mean, there are people who did not love Jesus, and because of that, there are going to be people who do, do not love preachers. There are going to be people who do not love school teachers. There are going to be people who do not love policemen. I mean, they, uh, there's, a, there's enemies out there, and we have a, the God of this world is our, our enemy, and he wants to take us down. And so we see him moving around us all the time. It's his desire to destroy the church. His desire to destroy our life. And so he is our enemy. He's an enemy of God. And that makes us an enemy of his. So they're enemies. And that doesn't mean that we have to like the actions of our enemies. Or the attitudes of these enemies. Or the philosophies of these enemies who oppose our belief system. But he said, I want you to love them. I mean, we're in a political war in our society. I mean, it's going on, been going on for a very long time, but it has come to light, and, and uh, we've got a lot of enemies in the political realm, a lot of, lot of people who disagree with a biblical worldview. And, and because of that, they have the idea that I'm going to take you Christians down. Well, that all comes from a demonic world, and it comes from our enemy, but these people uh, 
hate us. These people uh, are against us. And the Lord says, I want you to love them. And you're thinking, well, how in the world can I love them? They, they don't think the same way they do. They have a worldview that is different from mine. How can I love them? Well, that's something we can't do in our own. I mean, we have a sin nature, and we, uh, we tend to uh, hate those who hate us. But God said, that's not the way I want you to live. I want you to love them. And I want you to do good to those who despise you and use you. So, so uh, we're called to love one another. We're called to love our neighbors. Now, they may live a long ways from here, but there's still people God said, I want you to love them. I want you to pray for your enemies. Pray for the kings. Pray for those who despise you. Pray for those in Washington, those in politics, those who... Uh, who are turning our world upside down with their, uh, with their belief system, those who are going to destroy this world. I want you to pray for them. And, and that's just a difficult thing to do. But Jesus, you remember, he, he had lots of Pharisees who hated him and, and were against him. And he just reminds us that if they hate me, they're going to hate you. But I still want you to love one another. Jesus cleansed the temple. You remember that with the money changers? He, he recorded it over in Matthew 21. And he talked about a time that he, he walked into the temple to worship. And he, he was very upset from what he saw. And Matthew 21 and verse 12. Um, it, it shows us how he responded to these money changers. Matthew 21, 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and brought, uh, bought in the temple and overthrew the ta tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. The Lord is passionate about his sanctuary. He's passionate about his house of worship and, and how people use his name. He wants people to honor his name, not to uh, use his name in vain. And he, his silence sometimes uh, seems to be unnerving. Uh, we expect him to rise up and do something with those folks that we're living around who use his name in vain. Those folks who, who tell us that I'm coming against you because of your belief. He wants us to, uh, uh, I mean, it unnerves us when he's not doing anything about it. And we may wonder if he knows how people are dishonoring him and how they're treating us. Yes, he certainly knows about all that. But he assures us. He overlooks nothing and that there will come a day of justice. He wants us to know uh, that in our day, like the day that he lived in, there were money changers. There were people out in the political system who's trying to make a name for themselves and take advantage of people. He knew that they were Pharisees who loved uh, rituals rather than uh, the Word of God. And so our day is similar to the day he lived in it. And even in that day, 
He said, I'm going to respond to these people in love. Now, on this occasion, he just overturned the tables of the money changers. I mean, he come in and disrupted everything that was going on in the temple to let people know that this is not the will of God in our life. And then uh, this, this didn't change his feelings toward them, though. I want you to flip over in chapter 23 and see in verse 37 how he felt about these money changers, how he felt about this political crowd and this religious people who didn't know him. In verse 20, chapter 23, verse 37, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen gathereth her chickens unto her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. God's greatest desire is is always to develop a growing relationship with him. O Jerusalem, I I see your money changers, old people, uh, people uh, of Jerusalem. Uh, What you're doing here is not right, but I'm going to love you anyway. I want you to come into a deep relationship with me. He created us for a relationship, and and we make choices. And sometimes our choices are bad, but he said, I'm going to love you anyway. So just as Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem and his heart broke for the people, he said, I, I just want you to come to me like, uh, like a, uh, little chickens and, and come to their mother and I'll protect you. He wants the same thing in our world as well. He wants people to come to him. Come to him. It breaks his heart to see the number of people who have rejected him when all he's ever done in our life has just invited us to come and let him take care of us and love us. He said, I want you to love your enemies. I want you to love those who disagree with our biblical worldview. I want you to love one another. And we just have to say, Lord, I can't do that, but I want to. I want to take me and teach me how to love you and how to love others, even my enemies. Well, the distinguishing characteristic of a believer should be love. In John 13, John 13 and verse 34 and 35, he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now the message Jesus gives to our world is the same message he gave to the world in his day, and that is the message of love. The, The whole world will know that you're my disciple if they see love in your heart. They will know you're my disciple uh, if they see you following me. He said, he said, I want you to experience a relationship with me. Coming to church is not all there is to it. 
coming to hear him speak and obey him and teaching us how to love one another is important. I want you to love one another. In 1 Corinthians 13, he said, if you don't love one another, all you're doing is making a lot of noise. You're just, you're just making a lot of racket when you come to worship. We should be so kind to others that they will, they will, want, they will know that we are a Christian by our love. We should be so kind to others that no one will wonder whether or not we're Christians. We're to walk in sacrificial love. In other words, we, uh, it, it should be our lifestyle. It should be part of our character to love one another. More than our words, our deeds should convey that we love God. More than our words, I love you. Well, show me that you love me. You know, when you come to the house of worship, uh, what I'm looking for is harmony and unity. Now, if you can't have harmony and unity in the church, uh, how in the world can you have it in your everyday life, in your job, in your hobbies, in the people that you meet? How can you have love if you can't have it here in the house of God? Now, you understand the house of God is under attack. Our enemy does not want you in the house of God. We saw that during the COVID uh, years. We saw it when the government says to us, you can't, can't, you can't gather in the church. You can go down here to the liquor store, but you can't gather in the church. See, we're, we're on a, in a battle uh, in this world, and it's just uh, COVID kind of shined the light on the, our, our battles that we're in. But he said, I want you to love. Love me. Church, I want you to love Jesus with all your heart. I want you to show that love by loving one another. So when I come to church, I visited just a lot of churches. God has given me an opportunity in these last years to, to just visit a lot of churches and to be on Facebook and, and, and uh, preach a message to just a lot of people. And, and the message I want to get across to you is just love one another. You know, I talk to people who one day they're just as uh, sweet as they can be and outgoing and, and have something to say good to people. And, and the next time I see them, uh, they act like they don't even know you. Something's wrong with that picture. He said, this is not the way I want my people to act towards one another. I want you to love me when you feel good and when you don't feel good. I want you to love me when you're walking through a difficult, stressful situation and when you're just enjoying life and being among friends. I want you to love me the same way every day. Now, we don't always express it that way, but we need to. We need to show people our love by our deeds. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, we're going to come back tonight and work on this same message again, but I want you to leave here this morning thinking that, that uh, I have a responsibility. He, uh, this is not a suggestion that you love one another. He said, this is what I want you to do. You belong to me. I want you to love me. You belong to me. I want you to love my, my children. One of these days, we're going to get out of this old world. We're going to get in a new world where it's going to be easy to love. Right now, in the world we're in, it's not easy to love people, really. Uh, I had a lady tell me one time uh, that you just get on my last nerve. 
Now, she wasn't talking to me. She was talking to somebody who aggravated her that day and said, you get on my last nerve. Now, you have to be honest. Sometimes people will get on our last nerve. Isn't that right? Yeah, shake your head. Yeah, you know that. Sometimes teachers go to school and that kid gets on my last nerve. I, I mean, sometimes you're trying to do business with people and paying the bills and getting things done and, and it, they just won't cooperate and you say they get on my last nerve. Now, it's going to happen. We have a sin nature. We have to admit, I, I have been trouble with this. But, you know, we can go to God and say, tell God, uh, you told me love this person. I'm having a real struggle with that. But you remember, he, he's not uh, asking you to love their attitude and their, the things that they're doing. He's not asking you to love the, the words that they've said harmful to you. He's asking you to love the person. Uh, we respond in different ways for a lot of different reasons. We're going to talk about that tonight. But, but I want you to love the person who's living in this body. Now, now, people talk about um, our, our signs, sign language. We, we uh, look at somebody's uh, body expressions and, and, and determine they don't love me because they turned away from me. They turned their back towards me. I can't think of the word I'm, I'm trying to get to. Body language. Body language. People read body language all the time. And somebody was telling me about that, and I said, what is that? I can't understand body language. I can understand vocal language, and, and that's what I want to hear from you. I want to hear you say, I love you, because that's what we hear from God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants us to hear him say, I love you. And he wants us to say to other people, I love you. I want to spend eternity with you. I, I would. I'd like to get home one day and, and, uh, and see you walk in the streets of heaven and, and say, I remember you from, from Little Zion Baptist Church. You came and supplied one Sunday and told me to love people, and I started doing that, and it changed my life. Love one another as I've loved you. We're going to enjoy each other in heaven. We're not going to have a sin nature to hinder us. Uh, now that we do, we just need to say, God, this old nature I was born with is not good, but I want your spirit to live in me and give me a new nature. And, and he can do that and then make it a little easier to love one another. All you have to do is say, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me, and he will. Repent of your sins. Turn away from what God said, this is not what I have for you. Turn away from it, repent, and just give your whole life to Jesus and ask him to love through you. We can't love people the way we should, but God can love through us the way we should. Lord Jesus, live your life through us today. We're, we're having struggles especially in our political system today. and uh, it, It's just a strain for us to love people who act so different than we do and who act so different from what the you, you do, Jesus. 
They act so different from what the Bible says we're to be. Help us to love our enemies. Lord, they've made themselves enemies. Teach us how to love. But Lord, before I can get there, I've got to learn to love you. So Jesus, today, I make my commitment that I'm going to love you with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. And I'm going to let you live your life through me and love through me. And every time, Lord, I fail, I want you to remind me of your command to love one another as I have loved you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We always have an invitation. And we ask you to stand, and, and we're going to invite you to do what God has asked you to do. It's just to love Him first and love one another. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, just come to Jesus right now. He makes His invitation simple. Jesus always said, just follow me. You open up this Bible, and He's going to say the same thing.